You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia EV6 Sports Day. And Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome to Sports Day SA on a cloudy Tuesday. A bit warm, but uh, it's been quite an interesting day in Adelaide. Um, a bit of rain this morning, but uh, we're up and about. It's Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel back on a Tuesday for you, and you can be part of the show, 8223 0000. You can text in 0437 693060 and uh, Dan, how are you going on this Tuesday? Going well, Bonds. I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, talking about a few things today. We've got a few little topics that'll be nice to chat about and some interesting opinions to come. We've got a big show. Uh, we're going to speak to young Adelaide Crow Tia Charlton. Had a good chat with her, just re- pre recorded that, and that, and she was, she was fantastic. Love talking to her. And uh, we're going to talk to the owner of the Sydney Kings, who's uh, shot his mouth off, it's fair to say, talking uh, that the Sixers are talking up themselves too much. He has. It's not the first time he has shot his mouth off. He's had uh, a few run-ins with a few teams and a few different owners. Was so He's a very smart man. He is a very clever man, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what his angle is with the 36ers yes. on this one. All right. Uh, more of that later on. Uh, the hot topic for today, thanks to Char Time. The home of freshly brewed tea. Thirsty at Char Time? Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Uh, Dan, what are we going to do for our hot topic today? Yeah, look, I've, I've had a thing about this today. We did touch on it last night on last night's show. And so I would like to go to the mid-season AFL draft. I'd like to talk about the age requirements around that um, and exactly what the players and the clubs, I guess, the reason it came in and uh, and what would be good moving forward with that. Yeah, we've had a bit of a, a bit of a brainstorming session in the last couple of minutes, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> well, we have. Well, it's but, been something I've been thinking about for a long time. Yes, um, and I thought about it all last night, and I'm thinking what you said yesterday made a lot of sense to me. So we're going to try and bring some common sense to the mid-season draft, which sounds ridiculous in itself. Yeah, it does. And so, look, the reason the mid-season draft came in was to give players an opportunity, give clubs an opportunity to draft players who are in some good form, potentially impact their season, that season. And I think that the perfect perfect example was Marlon Pickett. Came in mid-season, got picked up, played in a grand final that year, was in the Norm Smith medal votes, was one of the best players on the ground. He came in as a 25-year-old. It's the reason the mid-season draft was brought in, to be able to pick up players from competitions around Australia of guys that can impact their team right away. And so that's the reason it was brought in. And what we've seen over the past couple of seasons is most teams now are picking up players who are 18, 19, 20, fresh out of their draft year, without the intention of playing those guys in that season. And then, unfortunately, uh, we touched on Zane Williams last night, that he's there for three months and then he's discarded from the system and might not get that opportunity again. Yeah, it, look, it, it's a great, a, 
there needs to be something done because not only Sandful fans uh, hate the, hate the mid-season draft, but they do. Waffle fans hate it as well. Yep. So there needs to be something put in place, and we've got some ideas. But before we do that, we might go to Troy from WA, who's on the line. And no, we're not going to wait for Troy. Uh, but so what, what's the first thing we should do as far as the mid-season draft goes? Yeah, well, look, what you've got to do is you've got to entice clubs into doing something different. So what I would do is I would say to clubs that if you are going to recruit a player under the age of 23 when the mid-season draft is on, you have to give that player 18 months as a contract as a start because they are still young. They're still developing. They might be in university. They might be just under an apprenticeship. Um, they don't get paid that well, to be honest, for the three or four months. Um, and if they don't get an extra year, then unfortunately they don't get that development period. So if you draft a player under 23, it's got to be 18 months. If you draft a player over the age of 23, then what I'm saying there is it can be a six-month contract because yes. you might pick up a Marlon Pickett type. You might yep. pick up someone who's 30 years of age who might be a Ruckman that you need because your Ruckman's gone down to help you win the premiership. What I would say is if you pick up a player over the age of 23, if you give them 18 months straight up, then the AFL, I, if I was the AFL, I would then say we are going to give you an additional third-round pick at the end of the third round to entice clubs to go. We want this guy. We know he can help us win right now. We're going to give him 18 months to guarantee his future. And as a result, you're going to get rewarded with a draft pick at the end of the third round. Okay, so to incentivise the clubs to put these players on longer-term contracts, a minimum of 18 months, if they're over the age of 23, you get a third round. At the end of the third round, you get an extra draft pick. Yes. And so the what would happen then is clubs would then start to do that and it would come back to the reason the mid-season draft came in. The reason it came in was to give mature age players a hope at playing AFL and potentially impacting teams. But also it came in because we saw teams at the top of the ladder get injuries throughout the season and clubs and everyone would say, well, geez, if only they could go to the Sandville comp or the Waffle comp or the VFL comp and pick up a player that they need right now to be able to play and impact their team and help them either make finals or, or win the grand final. So based on that, uh, those rules, Brett Turner, um, he's over the age of 23. So the Crows could have given him that that uh, short-term contract, but they have no incentive incentive to the Crows to do that. If they put him on 18 months, they get a third-round draft pick. 100%. If they want to dive right in and say, look, we believe that this guy's good enough to be on our list for 18 months, we'll get a third-round draft pick at the end of the third round as compensation. If they want to go, look, we're, we're not sure, but they might be able to help us now, then that's okay. They can go with that six-month Draft choice, and obviously under 23, it's 18 months flat out because, again, it just it, you need to give guys an opportunity and time to be able to develop. Which would have been Zane Williams, your teammate. He would have got an 18, would have had to sign an 18-month term. Absolutely. Would have signed an 18-month term, would still be there now, and at the end of the day, it wouldn't be luck of the draw um, whether you go to a top team or a bottom team and whether you spat out of the system within three to six months. So it is a really interesting point, um, and it's one that, uh, yeah, I know that Sample fans and Waffle fans don't love the mid-season draft, but um, I think it's great for mature-age players to give them that carrot to chase that they might get that opportunity at AFL level, and Marlon Pickett is the best example you'll ever come across. Absolutely. All right. Troy? From WA is on the line. Troy, thank, welcome to Sports ASA. Oh, very shy. Uh, first time I've been on for about uh, 24 uh, hours. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't be like that, Bongo. <laughs> That's rude. What can we do for hey, you, my friend? Yeah, I'm going well. What, what have yeah, you got for us, good. Troy? Um, 
I listened to a lot of um, sports shows through the day, mainly out of Melbourne and that. And the Americanism they're trying to bring in light. Now, there's talk they're going to have five on the bench in the AFL. Oh, you know, what's going to be six, seven? Where does it stop? And and on bloody music like blaring the whole time the game's on in the AFL, you know that crap? Go go live in America or, you know, watch American TV or whatever. Don't, this is a unique game. It's called Australian Rules Football for a reason. Yeah, I think. You know? it... And it just give me the watch that does. Yes, it's two really interesting points, Tom. I think that um, absolutely the first point on the five on the bench, I agree with you completely. I think the game should be four on the bench. I never liked the sub rule. I don't think we need to change it too much. Um, we've got a pretty good game. When it comes to the second point uh, and the Americanism behind it, everything nowadays um, is about getting fan interaction, allowing fans to enjoy the game. Unfortunately, nowadays with so much social media, the attention span of people has gone down. So I think you need to continue to develop in that space. And it's what America does unbelievably well. So I know you don't like that point, but I think that we need to continue to evolve in that area. What do you think, Bonds? Yeah, I agree. I agree. There needs to be – it is all about fan engagement and – if you're trying to bring new people to the game and they hear a bit of music after a goal, uh, that might keep them there. It might keep them tuned in. Um, another caller on the line. Tom, what's to pick your brains, Dan, about something? Tom, welcome to Sports Day SA. Yeah, how you going, guys? Good, uh, I just want to give you, I was going to hopefully speak to Cornsy about, I don't know if you read his article on Sunday, he's talking about, you know, the top teams going to have too much, you know, with the trade and all that. And I was going to say, that, well, he's a bit off the mark there, to be honest, especially yourself, Daniel. You you just got off the, uh, the AFL and all that. It's good luck to them clubs. Why should they be disadvantaged when they when they work harder, work smarter? And don't forget, when Cornsy over the years has talked about, oh, yeah, Victorians are Victorians. Hang on, the last, well, Sydney Swans have been up for how long? And credit to them. And, I, you know, being accountable, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. And then also Geelong, stable enough. Yeah, with, now we've got Brian Cook. We'll probably hopefully stabilise a bit more, like ourselves. Yep. I mean, Cornsy's a bit off the mark. And he's talking about the Victoria Well, hang on, Cornsy. Swans have been up for that long. And then Brisbane Lions have been steady too for the last five, six years. Where were they? But, you know, and then, you know. Yeah, you're 100% what, right, what you Tom. Yeah. No. yeah, you're 100% right, Tom. I think, uh, yeah, Cornsy's saying that, you know, players wanting to come home, wanting to come home. But they don't leave the successful clubs, do they? No, they don't. And I think that um, Tom's point with that is pretty correct in terms of he touched on Brisbane that's been up for five or six years, but they struggled for a long time. Um, if you have a good culture, then you're going to create a good environment. You're going to get good players. I think we're very much a prisoner, prisoner of the moment society where we look at the good teams at the moment and we go, we've got to change things around that. Every team dips, every team goes through these sort of phases. And if you have a really good structure at your club, then it's on you if you don't to be able to create that so that you can actually entice players um, to be able to come across and and develop a really good club and culture. Yeah, agree. Thanks for your call, Tom. Um, Look, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? A couple of delistings today, speaking of uh, still on AFL and going through draft rules. Jared Leanett, a couple of South Australians. Jared Leanett and uh, Caleb Poulter have both been delisted today from St Kilda and Collingwood, respectively. 
Yeah, look, really interesting. Um, Leonard, obviously, he was at Port Adelaide. He's a Sturt boy. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets another opportunity. I think, yeah, second and third tall defenders. There's not that many of them around, so I believe the chances might be there. And Poulter's the one that's really interesting for mine. He's a 193-centimetre wingman, played nine games in his first season and then didn't really get a look in last year. So I'd be surprised if he didn't actually get um, another crack somewhere else. I think another team has to look at him. We love seeing left-footers. Everyone gets um, enticed by left-footers. He's a, he's a nice kick. He's 193 centimetres. You've got to be able to develop him somewhere. Yep. Uh, someone else, uh, Jack Madgen, uh, just been reliably informed by Sam, our producer, um, a former uh, trained with the 36ers for a while and played up in Cairns, but uh, he Jack Madgen's been let go as well. Yes, he has. So it's an interesting time of year. Josh Walker is another one that obviously North Melbourne um, is interesting as well. And his opportunity might get another opportunity. But yeah, there's a lot of guys that are going to have to wait until the draft actually happens, which uh, is really challenging for clubs and for players at the moment. This is Sports ASA for Lumo Energy SA. 100% Australian owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. It's Bonds and Men's. We'll be back after the break. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you, and you can discover exceptional customer service with Weeks Homes. Discover different. It's time for true, true or False, Men's. I can't speak at the moment, but uh, True or False is brought to us by Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner, Toolkit Depot, Shop the huge range of tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Okay, so I'm going to kick us off today, Bond. So I'm going to start with a question we talked about a few of the potential recruits last night. So I'm going to start with this question. Matthias Philippou will be the first South Australian selected in the 2022 National Draft. True. The kid can play. He's very, very good. Uh, Okay, true or false, Dan? The 36ers will show their title credentials with a win over the Kings on Friday night. Uh, I'm going to go true. I think that uh, they're going to ride the hot hand of Craig Randall and uh, they're going to be one of the hottest tickets in town over the coming weeks. Um, I'm going to move on to a cricket question. I'm going to go with this one, Bonds. I'm really interested to see what you've got for me here is true or false. There has been enough time since Sandpaper Gate and David Warner and Steve Smith should be allowed to captain their country. And before you answer that, I just want to play a little bit of audio we have. David's leadership within the group is, is fantastic, um, titled or not, highly respected. Um, you know, I, think, I think it's a credit to David that um, a number of people externally who are now saying it's a no-brainer that he should hold a leadership position were 18 months, two years ago, some of the strongest advocates for him having a life ban. So I think that's a credit to David that he has... Um, Worked on himself, but you know, from internally, um, just can't speak highly enough of what he what he brings to the group. As do a number of players, and I think you know, as we talk about with Pat, he he probably won't be there for every game, but we've got a number of guys who have strong leadership capabilities. I agree one hundred percent with George Bailey. Um, I think uh, time has passed. He's done his penance, both of them, and uh, yeah, they weren't the only ones doing this. They were the ones that got caught. That's all I'll say. Uh, all right, true or false? Fair, fair. <laughs> is uh, Peter Siddle, is he ageing like a fine wine, Sids? That is an easy one. That is definitely true. He's taken another eight wickets in the Sheffield Shield game really. on at the moment. He is incredible to watch for the strikers in the Big Bash. Um, and every year you, you turn it on and you think, 
he's not still playing, is he? He's, he's, but every year he bowls incre- incredibly well, and uh, I think that uh, the strikers are lucky to have him, and uh, he's going to be. He might keep going for a few more years, which would be great to watch. Uh, true or false? Very timely one at the moment for you, Bonds. Ross Lyon will be and should be the coach of St Kilda next season. I think that's false. False two will be or false two he should be. Because <laughs> um, there'll be a lot I, of opinions on this. Yeah, I'm not sure he's. I think it's it's a backward step. So from the outside, he's been there, he's done that. I I don't. Someone said someone's quoted this today, and I'm not don't know who it is, but it makes a lot of sense to me. It's like going out with an old girlfriend. <laughs> You've got all these good memories of how it used to be, uh, but then all the old problems just keep floating back. So uh, if I'm the St Kilda footy club, I'm not doing that. Yes, interesting. I think there's a lot in both camps. So it's yes. going to be – I think it would be great for the AFL in terms of something to watch and something it's to awesome talk about. It's awesome to watch from yep. the outside. Yep. But and be, especially if he gets the gig. It would be interesting to know what St Kilda fans have uh, thoughts about that anyway. All right. The Bureau of – true or false? The Bureau of Meteorology want, don't want to be known as bomb anymore. That is uh, that is false. That is a bad call. They should definitely be known as bomb. Um, they should embrace it, shouldn't they? One hundred percent. I've got a lot of mates who would definitely say that they have no idea what the Bureau of Meteorology is, but they know what bomb is. <laughs> so absolutely embrace it. Go with it. Um, I can't see why you wouldn't. Um, I'm going to throw one more at you, Bonds. Okay. True or false? With the NBA starting tomorrow, Joel Embiid will. Start against the Boston Celtics for his Philadelphia 76ers. He will star on his way to an MVP season campaign. Uh, that's false. He'll have a great year. Yep. But I don't think he can um, beat a few other blokes in the, in the competition for MVP. There's some good uh, ones up the top there and in the just, running. just quietly, if you haven't seen the Celtics new kit, oh, my God, it's gorgeous. And I'm going to buy some. <laughs> it might be a good year to do it too. They've got a yes. stacked team. They obviously lost the finals last year, but they're going to be great to watch throughout and yeah, it's Boston and Philadelphia tomorrow and Golden State and the Lakers. Can't wait to tune in for those. Yeah, I think we're both big M- uh, NBA fans and can't wait for that. Uh, that was all thanks to um, Toolkit Depot, true and false. Hey, I can't wait to speak to this guy after the break. Uh, Paul Smith, the owner of the Sydney Kings, he's come out and said, speaking of the Golden State Warriors, yes. that the Adelaide 36ers think they are the Golden State Warriors. Yes, it's going to be it's an interesting chat. I mean, if we can be like the Golden State Warriors, I think we'll take that here in Adelaide. He's a very smart man. Like they had a loss against against Taipans last Friday, big crowd. So to keep the crowd up, let's just let's just get a bit vocal in the media space, and uh, which he hasn't been shy in doing in the past. And uh, I think in Australia we don't tend to go down that pathway. So I love what he's doing. I love what he's done. All right, the big mouth owner of the Sydney Kings after the break on Sports ASA with Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you, and you can be part of the show, 8223000. And uh, our next guest is brought to us by Mate 5G, mobile plans from just $40, 5G mobile plans in every territory or state. Why wait? Make the switch to Mate now, Men's, before we speak to this next gentleman, here's what he had to say. These Adelaide 36, mate, they dead set think they're the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> they are talking themselves up so hard. Look, we're scared. We're, look, I can assure you, we're frightened. We can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm that nervous. And I'm glad we're, we're seeing them 
recover a little bit from their trip to the States because I'd hate to have played them and kicked their, kick their asses. Paul Smith, owner of the Sydney Kings, welcome to Sports Day SA. Oh, g'day, Paul. Hello, Dan. It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're obviously Adelaide proud here, and uh, you think uh, the Sixers are getting a little bit ahead of themselves? Well, look, what I like to do whenever I go on programs interstate, I firstly want to give a shout-out to the hundreds of thousands of Sydney Kings fans in South Australia. I think that's important that we acknowledge all those people out there. But <laughs> All <laughs> three be, of them. It's good to be in foreign enemy territory. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, look, Paul, I, I love it. I mean, coming from an AFL background, um, I don't know if people actually speak their mind that much, to be honest. And so I love to hear that you've said that the 36ers are talking themselves up that hard in the comparison to the Golden State Warriors. How, uh, how are we going to fare Friday night against your Kings? Well, the good news is I don't play basketball, so I'll leave that to Chase Buford and the, tr- and the, and the team to manage that. Look at Mate, the boys are ready. They're good. They're, they, you know, we've um, we had a scratchy Friday night last week and got you got taught a lesson by Taipans on how to play hard basketball, and then things sort of clicked back into gear up in Brisbane for us on Sunday. So we're pretty happy with that, and another road win makes it fifteen in a row for us. So all the signs are good. Team's healthy. Everyone's well. We're sort of back in Sydney and and getting prepared. So you know, but it's uh, it's going to be great. Look, it's look, yeah. Listen, I, here's, I'll let you in a little secret, right? It's like WWE, right? You, we wrestle on Saturday. We go to church together on Sunday, right? There's a little bit of promo in this. And trust me, we sold tickets today. It happened. So I was pretty happy with that because I like to look at the commercial side of things as much as anything. So, you know, look, and, and the great news is that that the 36ers are back at it and they've, they've, they've retooled the squad and they've, they've come out with a whole bunch of purpose and I like the fact they talk it up a bit I do like that you know we're not afraid to do that we you know we put ourselves out there over the last few years of the Sydney Kings and we won a championship it didn't hurt us and you know we're proud of that and I just think that anything we can do to promote the league and and promote games and 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 regu- particularly regular season matchups early in the season it's a good thing you know a lot of people don't agree with it and I'm okay with that that's okay but you know we'll get on with it and do what we do and as much as we have a bit of fun and have a bit of a shot at each other, there's a lot of respect sits there as well. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, I think that's the way most people take it. But it's it's great build up for Friday night. Look, the, the yeah. crowds have been building not just in Sydney. Adelaide had uh, their biggest crowd at the Entertainment Centre on Saturday mm. night, over eight thousand people. But you touched on the fifteen road wins, and that is a record for the NBL. Uh, Chase Buford has got his team just up and about every time they travel. It's it's just a a fantastic achievement from uh, the coach and his team. It is. And, and look, I think a lot of credit should fall to Chase uh, and the coaching staff. They've, you know, they've put a roster together again this year that that's, that's, was pretty much sort of, I wouldn't say decimated, but was certainly had a lot of critical pieces disappeared through imports not returning. And, you know, they've made, and along with our management have, have retooled the squad and put us in a position now where we're sort of back to where we were last year and rolling. So... Road wins are hard. I, you know, I always I look at this league and winning away from home is really tough. And I always used to tell I tell our guys two a road wins worth two home wins. And um, so you know I, I think there's a high premium placed on it. It is difficult. You know you get a bit of home cooking in every market you go to. And every time someone comes to our our court, they'll be told we've got some home cooking going on. You know it's a it's that's part and parcel of basketball. And 
you know, really proud of that achievement. And, you know, we hopefully we can keep building. We've got, we got Melbourne on Sunday, so it never stops. We're going back down there, and hopefully we can give them a nice old workover for you guys over there as well. I mean, <laughs> the Adelaide people enjoy that. Yeah, that'd be awesome, thanks. <laughs> well, the Adelaide people certainly do enjoy beating Melbourne, so it'd be great to see. But um, what I've liked watching about you guys this year is you're an offensive juggernaut. You talked about the Golden State Warriors um, and the 36ers thinking that that's maybe who they are. Your Kings are averaging 95 points a game. It's it's what people want to see in basketball. They want to see the high scoring. It must be something that obviously is um, part of the team that they really wanted to do is be able to put a score on the board, and it's, it's obviously great to watch as well. Yeah, look, look I think look, potency on the offensive side you know, something. What I like is the fact that we've got a strong balance with, with the defensive side as well. You know, that's critical, and that's that's what that team prides itself on is their, their effort and defense. And, you know, look, it's it's a small sample so far this season. It's what's only five games. We've certainly ran some points up, um, but you know, we got we got held down by Cairns pretty heavily, and and that that sort of contradicts that trend a little bit. But certainly, the attitude, you know, from a coaching perspective, is there's a lot of permission to to shoot. There's a, you know, we've got players that have got the green light, um, and when they get hot, they get hot. And uh, you know, we've all seen that with Adelaide. You know, Craig Randall just you know, shooting the lights out, that's pretty frightening to see when it all starts and there's not a whole lot you can do to stop it. So, you know, you sort of got to take your chances and work hard and, and you know, we, we don't want to rely too much on the outside shooting. We we feel there's a lot of work we can do on the inside with the, with our bigs. So, you know, I think it's well balanced right now and, you know, when it frames up for this Friday night, I don't think you get a better matchup. It's going to be pretty compulsive viewing, I think. Yeah, no doubt it certainly will. And it's it's definitely something that obviously the hype over here in Adelaide's massive for the 36ers this year. And I feel like the NBL is starting to go that way. I wanted to ask you the question around, uh, you've talked about not getting the fair share in the past. Where, If you were running the sport, where would you grow the game in Australia so you can really take off and, and get the fans um, really behind it and watching both at the court but actually on TV as well? Um, well, look, if I was running the sport, I wouldn't have another team in Sydney. So that'd be... Leave us alone, thanks. No, look, I, I think, look, I, I think you got to go fish where the fish are, and I, I think ultimately, from a, from a growing from a number of teams, I think Sydney's a logical expansion market. It definitely, it's just got to be the timings will be right there. I think the, I think the success of the league right now is part. It's, it's sort of caught up in this whole momentum that's generated around basketball generally. I think this is a it's a sum of all parts at this point in time, uh, and you know the NBA plays a critical role in driving interest and viewership at at, in, at an international level, watching US basketball. But just generally, what it's doing to drive interest in young people wanting to play, and the whole the cultural element of basketball as well is pretty important. You know, the, the fashion and music and all those sort of things start to come together to create this sort of potent little mix. In terms of driving viewership, of course, we you know we'd love to see you know the game back on main on main channels of, of a free to air. I'd be that'd be something I'd be prioritising. But the reality is that the broadcast market's changing so much nowadays, and people have so much choice. And you know, it's sort of what what has happened today is creates almost too much choice for people. And um, you know, when you reflect on the on the on the halcyon days of the league back in the eighties and nineties. There was no NBA on TV. It was very few games. The only way you could sort of see a game or, or go to a game in that regard was to go to an NBL game or watch an NBL game. And then, you know, as life moves on, TV, pay TV and, and, and satellite TV arrives, 
you know, more and more viewing choices are created. And that's, in some respects, sort of a down, had a downturn effect on, I think, the NBL from a viewership perspective over the last 10 to 12 years. But we're starting to see that rise again. I think we're starting to see people appreciating what quality of play. And the mere fact that the 36ers go over there and give the Phoenix Suns a bit of a touch-up highlights that the, the, how close the quality of play is, you know. And, and I think they're, the, they're, the, they're the, the, the important markers that people will ultimately look to to decide that, hey, I want to give this NBL stuff a try. And when you can go to a building, it's packed out. It's hard to buy a ticket. And, you know, people are just having great experiences and seeing great athleticism on court. It's a great it's – a, it's a winning model. It's a winning model. And I think what we've just got to do is keep trusting what we're doing, keep growing as best we can keep investing um but you know we we def as an ownership and at an ownership level of a club we need engagement we need fans to engage we need fans to come in and spend their money in the building and and become part of what we're doing and that's a that's that's not a quick process but certainly direction's right and you know we're rising against the trend of a lot of other sports we're rising right now so i think we're in good hands right now with the league management as it is what about you, Paul, personally? What do you love about the game of basketball and owning the Sydney Kings? What's the one thing you love about it? Well, I love the puzzle. What I love, I'm not a basketball person, so right, let me just put this out here. My grandmother did not hit your grandmother in 1962 in, in, in um, the back end of Adelaide somewhere in a game, right? So I've got no, I don't bear any grudges with anyone. I just come in, I just bring a fresh perspective. I, I love the puzzle of owning teams. I love the puzzle of, of roster structure, um, ego management, um, cultural management uh, within the club. Um, I think basketball is very unique in the sense that um, there's a lot of personality play takes place in the locker room. And so what I've observed and learned is that, you know, to achieve optimum performance from a team, you've got to focus on managing the team. And and that comes right from recruitment and putting the, the pieces together. You can see people working together well because it's can, it can go off kilter pretty quick. You know, when the locker room disintegrates, it, the whole thing falls apart. And so, you know, I like that. I like that puzzle. I like that element to it. And I like the fact that basketball gives you permission to try different things. You know, we're, we're, we're staging a game on Christmas night this year. I like the fact that we can sort of put ourselves out there and challenge challenge everyone's the normal expectations of what people do and, and see. And that probably reflected a little bit this morning in my comments on radio. You know, I'm a little bit out there and, you know, would an AFL chairman say that? Probably not. But, you know, and a basketball chairman, you know, you can get away with it a little bit or mostly, except in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, before we let you go, I'd just like to, on behalf of everyone in Adelaide, uh, let you know that we're more than happy to be the Golden State Warriors because they are the world champions. So uh, if that leads to us to a championship, uh, we can be the we can be the Warriors, you guys can be the Lakers. That's fine. Well, look, on this one, I think we'll agree to disagree. I think we <laughs> like the feel of a back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate right, your guys. time. Good luck Thank Friday you. night. Not too much luck. But uh, no, hope no, you go down no, to beat Melbourne. I want a, I, you know what? I want a great game. I want That's it. team to go great at it. I don't mind getting beat as long as we get beat by a team that play great and we play good. That's all I like. Yeah, we all agree on that. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Appreciate Paul. your time. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye.
owner of the Sydney Kings, Dan Paul Smith. Uh, fantastic chat. And you can hear the passion in his voice, can't you? Oh, I love that. I love the passion. I love when he talked about owning the team, the puzzles of it. Um, it's definitely something I think a lot of sports lovers can relate to and um, would certainly love to be in his position. But also love the fact that he said, I sold plenty of tickets today. We did yes. say that uh, you did say to me before we actually spoke with him. He's definitely done that to sell tickets and that's what he did. So well done to him. Congratulations. And They've got a good one on the, uh, at the Sydney Kings there with him uh, at the helm. Yeah, and he was thanks to KO. And don't risk missing all your team's matches in the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. Now, after the break, men's, I hey, uh, caught up earlier with young Adelaide Crow Tia Charlton, and we'll speak to her after the break. This is Sports Day SA. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA, and we're here for weeks. Discover exceptional customer service, weeks, homes, discover different. And on the line, we've got the young superstar from the Adelaide Crows, Tia Charlton. Tia is brought to us by Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tia, welcome to Sports Day. Oh, thank you. How are you going? I'm going very well. Now, a bit of a tough loss last week against the Lions. Uh, second quarter, they sort of blew the game apart, kicking four unanswered goals. Uh, are the Lions the benchmark of the competition this season? I present, I think they are. I think they've been the benchmark for quite a few years now. So, um, yeah, it's no different this year. So what was the message uh, from the coach at halftime uh, after you being down? Was it was he still very positive at halftime? Yeah, always. I would say the game's not over until the final um, siren, but I think he was just saying that, you know, we got to um, keep our pressure up and, you know, absorb what they were giving back to us a bit better. Um, but obviously in the final result there, we didn't quite do that. But, um, yeah, I guess that's what he was saying. Now, in your presser yesterday, you sort of hinted that you might have been looking at finals maybe a bit too early. You got to get a little bit ahead of yourself as a as a team, um, rather than throwing. Which I didn't mind, rather than throwing out the cliche one week at a time. Um, is 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 finals still a focus for you? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I think obviously we've kind of been set back into reality after that loss. So I think um, yeah, we're just. Looking to take it up against uh, Geelong this Friday. So, yeah, just focusing on the one game this week. <laughs> yeah, and that's going to be a massive clash. Both teams are 6-2. and two. It's almost a double points game because you win, you go a game ahead of Geelong. It is this Friday night at only at 5 o'clock, uh, expecting a massive crowd. And how do you go about getting the win against the Cats? Um, I would say they're a fairly defensive team. So, I think if we... Um, just approach it by more um, just, yeah, using the ball through the hands rather than long kicks down the line would probably be our best approach. Um, but we actually haven't versed along for a few seasons now. So, um, yeah, we don't actually have a lot of experience against them. Right. So this will be a, a fantastic, uh, I guess, an idea about where you are compared to the Cats, where the Cats are. It's just a vital clash. Um, and it goes towards getting that double chance as well. How important is the double chance now that it's an 18-team competition? Oh, I think it's just so much more important. Um, obviously, you want that double chance um, for a bit of a like full catch. But, um, yeah, I think yeah, just getting the win against Geelong will probably solidify that spot, which we're obviously really um, 
hoping to do. With the extra teams, what are your thoughts on the 10-game fixture? Do you think it's about right? Do you think it's played at the right time starting this time of the season? Not as hot for you girls uh, playing? Or uh, would you like to see a longer season? Um, I'm definitely enjoying the not-as-hot games. That's probably the <laughs> best not playing in the middle of summer. Um, and I'd say probably the 10 games is probably where we're at with the competition. Um, but obviously we'd love to eventually get to versing every team at least once. Um, so that's probably what we're aspiring to do in the next few seasons. What about the length of the game? Because I've called a couple of games and it seems to go so quick. The quarters go so quick. Um, would you like to see them sort of stretched out maybe another five minutes each quarter? 100%. I think that's our main focus, um, especially for the near future of the next season, um, is to extend the quarters. And I think the players feel that, but also the fans at the game um, feel like the game's just over and done with really quickly. So I think, yeah, a few minutes each quarter would probably make a huge difference. Unfortunately, your captain's out. Chelsea Randall, a bit of an injury and... Uh, Hopefully she'll be back for the finals. Is it upon all of you to step up and fill that role of Chelsea or uh, or does some of the leaders like uh, Ebony Marinoff um, and Hatchard, do they, do they take a little step up and fill that leadership role? Yeah, I think we probably all just take that opportunity to, um, you know, step up in position of her. But, you know, as I said the other day, she's a great leader and she's an even better leader from the side. So... I think her presence, um, even from the boundary, will be huge. So, yeah, as long as everyone just steps up that little bit, I think there's, um, we'll be all right. Well, she's joined the coaching staff as well this year. So is, uh, is that changed the way she approaches you girls? Like, is she giving you um, more information, more, is she being more of a coach than just a captain now, you think? Um, I think she's definitely learnt a lot from that new coaching role with the men's and I think she's taken um, a lot of what they do into our program. But, yeah, I think she's still got that very much a captain vibe um, rather than a coach because, you know, that's what Doc's for. But, yeah, I think, yeah, we've always got a huge respect for her and what she knows and all the knowledge she's learning from the men's. What about your footy journey? You're obviously from South Adelaide and played for the Mighty Panthers down there at Norlunga. What were you? I believe you did some surf life saving as well. Yeah, I did surf life saving um, first since I was like eight years old, and then I kind of ventured off into football because my brother was playing it and absolutely loved it. And then yeah, it got to a stage where I was getting a bit injured doing doing both, so I ended up choosing football <laughs> because of the pathway. So yeah. So you took the less likely option of getting injured and play footy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it sounds dumb, doesn't it? But, yeah, I think um, it was mainly just my um, shins and stuff couldn't handle, like, the beach and then oh, the grass. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah, that. I think I made a good decision, though. I obviously love footy and it's been a better pathway for me. So, yeah. yeah. What, what's the one thing that you love about the game? Like, if you could, if you could do one thing better than anything else in the game and you just love to do this? Is, is it kicking a goal? Is it diving on the footy? Is it taking a, a pack mark? What, what's Is it laying a big tackle? What's the favourite thing you love about footy? Um, I would say for me personally would probably be kicking a goal because I don't kick too many too often. Um, but I think, yeah, just like those big game moments where there's like a smother or, you know, a game-saving tackle is like also awesome to watch as well. 
All right, Tia. Well, I'm on you to kick a goal this Friday night against the Cats then. I'll be watching closely and uh, hopefully you can sneak down and slot one through for six points. Look, I hope so, and I'll be thinking about you. Okay, <laughs> just just, just get a little bit of a tap of the heart if you kick a goal. That'll, then I'll know it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'll make sure to do that. <laughs> hey, look, fantastic chatting with you. Good luck for the last two games, and I'm sure you'll uh, make the finals, and, and good luck in the finals and get the win against the Cats on Friday night at only. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tia. Tia Charlton there from the Adelaide Crows. And don't forget, go down there to Unley Oval and support the girls. It's, uh, it's their last home game before the finals, so make sure you get down there. They are taking on the Geelong Cats Friday night at Unley Oval. And you can rely on your local Repco Auto Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Dan, a great chat. I had a great chat with Tia. Um, she was, uh, the Crows have got a couple of big games. The Cats this Friday night. Um, they've got to win that and then they play the Saints in the last game and then finals. Yeah, and it's it's great to even competition this year. The Cats, who in the past haven't been so good, are going to be uh, going to be a hard matchup for them because they're playing some great footy and obviously the Crows are thereabouts. So it's going to be uh, a really big couple of weeks to lead into that uh, AFL Women's Final Series. Hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Great chat with Paul Smith, the CEO, the, the owner of the Sydney Kings. He was fantastic. Um, Hookie's back tomorrow, so you'll be with him and uh, I'll see you on Friday. Yes, we'll do. Thanks, guys. Great to uh, chat to you today again, Bonds. Bye, everyone. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.